This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio, TGIF. It is the sixth day of October 2023. Dan Zampano coming up here in a couple of minutes to talk about NFL football. He had a heck of a week last week with his picks, went, uh, went was spotless. And uh, he is going to join us in a few minutes to talk about the Patriots, talk about uh, uh, some of the games coming up this weekend. Before we, uh, we get to Dan, of course, some football news that broke uh, yesterday. Dick Butkus uh, passed away, one of the most dominant defensive players in the history uh, of the NFL. Uh, war number 51 for the Chicago Bears. Retired, at, he was only 31 years old when he retired in 1974 simply because uh, his knees were shot. And uh, a guy that, by the way, after he retired, he sued the Chicago Bears, uh, I think for over a million dollars, saying that he got inadequate medical care. And uh, I think they settled it for about 600000 or something like that. But a guy that was just at a, a Bears game a few weeks ago, he was 80 years old, passed away in his sleep, um, survived by his wife. Uh, they were high school sweethearts, married 60 years. Um, and, and, you know, the, the cool thing about Butkus is that this is a guy that stayed at home for his entire sports career. He, he went to Chicago Vocational High School. He played at the University of Illinois and then got drafted by the Bears. He was also drafted by the Denver Broncos, who were in the AFL at the time uh, before the before the merger. But he stayed in Chicago uh, for his entire athletic career. It's pretty cool. Not many people get to do that. I mean, there's people that, that will play for one team their whole career, but it's not usually your hometown team. So uh, that's pretty cool. And, uh, of course, he went on to, uh, after he retired, went on to do some acting. He was in The Longest Yard uh, with Burt Reynolds, if you remember that. Uh, he, was on a, uh, he was on a sitcom on NBC at one time, I believe. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but uh, he was on that. I think it only lasted a year. But uh, he was a, a guy that uh, did a little bit of everything. A lot of us probably remember him from the Miller Lite commercials. Um, the ones that with Bob Euchre and a bunch of other uh, former athletes, pro athletes uh, that did those for years. Those were always funny. Um, but uh, I remember Dick Buck- Dick Buckus was a guy that I remember from my earliest days watching NFL football. He retired when I was 14, but when I was first started watching the NFL with my father when you know when I was a little kid, I mean uh, Dick Buckus was was the most feared guy. In the league, and, you know, and 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 as great as Butkus was, the Bears never made the playoffs when uh, he was there. Uh, 
you know, uh, Gail Sayers, another great player uh, for the Chicago Bears, was great, you know, one of the greatest running backs in history. And uh, another guy who had to retire uh, young because of knee injuries, but never got to the postseason. So, uh, anyway, Dick Butkus passed away uh, yesterday, uh, died in his sleep at the age of 80. Uh, news out of baseball with the uh, baseball playoffs getting ready to resume this weekend. The National League and American League Division Series uh, taking place. Billy Epler, who was the GM of the Mets, the guy that was responsible for acquiring Max Scherzer, uh, Justin Verlander, uh, Starling Marte, uh, to come to the Mets, uh, resigned yesterday. Uh, of course, David Stearns was hired to take over baseball operations. Epler said that he stepped down to try to give Stearns a clean slate um, and not have any other distractions. Epler's a guy who was the GM of the Angels uh, for five years. Uh, got a four-year contract from the Mets in 2021, so he lasted there for two years, and uh, uh, he has stepped down. What's interesting is he said he did it uh, to give them a clean slate and uh, to get out of Stearns' way. But then a report uh, appeared in the New York Post yesterday, and uh, three or four different reporters have all reported that part of the reason why Epler resigned is the Mets and Epler are being investigated for the improper use um, of the injured list in Major League Baseball. Um, So, you know, and look, this is something that goes on all the time. You know, a guy will be playing badly and all of a sudden, oh, he's on the injured list. He's got a sore shoulder or something. Well, you know, I mean, it's kind of one of those wink-wink things that's been going on in Major League Baseball forever. This has to be bad. I don't know what it is that they did. But if it's bad enough that the Major League Baseball has opened up an investigation, and Epler supposedly is cooperating, he hasn't met with officials yet, but uh, he is going to do that. But if it's bad enough that Major League Baseball had to open an investigation, it must have been pretty heinous. Uh, so we'll see. So uh, Epler does resign, whether it's whether it's because of this investigation, whether it's because what he said he wants to give Stearns a, a clean slate. I mean, who knows? But uh, Billy Epler is out. Um, and uh, my first thought was, geez, maybe the Red Sox will talk to him, although I'm not sure that's a good idea. He was not a great uh, GM when he was with the Angels. Um, it, what he did with the Mets didn't work out. So, uh, you know, the Red Sox have still been very quiet about what they're going to do. They say they're gonna, it's going to be an extensive search, but we haven't heard any names yet uh, surface other than Sam Fold, uh, who now works with the Phillies. And he seems to be the one that uh, a lot of people think will end up as the uh, the head of baseball operations in Boston. But we shall see. It's 12 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us to talk about NFL football. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. And as we are every Friday, we are thrilled to be joined by Dan Zampano. Dan, I have to start the show by saying Hell of a job last week. 7-0 on your picks for us last week. I think in all the years we've been doing this, that's the first time you've gone perfect in a week. Yeah, well, blind squirrel finds a nut. Well, you know, made up for the deal. previous week. That's all I'll say. Well, you, I know. Yeah. See, there you go. Now I'm kind of back above 500, <laughs> doing well. We had a great show, Sunday card. Everybody was over 500, three and two weeks. And then nice. hit the big money line parlay for Maddie. I mean, that's a huge one for us with Tampa and Tennessee. So, 
winning, uh, that was a big one. So it was nice to be back uh, on the winning side, and we're going to hope to stay that way. All right, well, let's let's get to – before we get to – I want to talk about some of the games last week and get your picks for this week. But let's talk about – let's we got to start off by talking about the Patriots. And, and I know you heard mm-hmm. you heard my rant a little bit earlier in the week um, where, you know, look, I think we are – I think we have reached a point where the Patriots have to realize – that Mac Jones is not their guy. I mean, I think that, I mean, it's become painfully evident to me. And I know this week Bill O'Brien was talking about, well, we have to work about his decision-making process. Uh, You know, but the more you watch this kid, the more I'm realizing that there just are some some physical deficiencies. And I'm just not sure this is the guy anymore. I think they got to move on, don't you? There's nobody else right now, so he's all they got. But I don't think he's the guy. I think for this year, like you said, I think for this year, obviously they're hitched to him. Like yep. they're not bringing in Bailey Zappi. They're not no. doing any of that. But to me, I, I happen to agree with a lot of what you said. I think that, I think that we don't not trust Mac Jones with his accuracy or you know his his intellect. Like I think that stuff is all there. It's the decision making. Yeah, I mean it's the decision making, and and I get it. Like the roster is not great. We know this. I mean, the the way they've built that team is not necessarily, you know, they obviously don't have a lot of weapons on offense. The offensive line is taking a step back, which is very surprising. We can't really count on that. But so is, I mean, we were told that if Bill O'Brien was here, <laughs> this quarterback would take a step. I mean, right. we were, oh, offensive coordinator, he's a real one. Like, we're not, we're not dealing with, you know, uh, you know, those two Muppets up in the, up in the, <laughs> up in the crowd up there, right. you know, anymore, an offensive coordinator, we're dealing with a real professional guy, and we thought that he would be better, and he's not. Right. I mean, he's not. Like, the offense overall is not better, and, you know, you we continue to say, like, oh, look what he has around him. Look what he has. I got in it with a lot of the Boston sports media guys on Twitter this week because, you know, the, the conversation still steers around – Give him an elite weapon, like all these other players trying to get elite weapons. Like he doesn't have one; he hasn't played with one. It's like you make that excuse for Zach Wilson, you make that excuse for Justin Fields. Why won't you hold Mac Jones to the fire? Like they'll hold him to the fire for one game and right. then say, "Well, it's a, it's a bigger issue." It's like we know that there are issues, and we know that Bill the GM, like, is much is, is separated from Bill the coach and hasn't done as good of a job as a coach has. But at some point, the player's got to make plays. Right. And the plays that he tried to make were terrible decisions. Oh. So I, I, I'm, at this point, I'm, unless Mac Jones finds a way to turn it around, and I'm not saying this to these two weeks, because these two weeks are games that they need to win these games because they're better than the next two teams. They're better than the Saints. They're better than the Raiders. They are a better team. If they need, they need to go out and prove that they can beat good teams, good teams. I mean, Mac Jones, the only quarterback, and I'll put it into a betting perspective for you, the only quarterback that is worse against the spread than Mac Jones as an underdog, Justin Fields. Really? That's the only one. That's the only one. Mac Jones is the second worst quarterback in the league as an underdog against better competition. And, yeah, they're a small favorite this week. They got to win these games, but until he can prove that he can beat good teams without a giant weather event, <laughs> then you know 
Yep. That, what are we talking about here? Right. Do, do, why, are, why are we continuing? Right. Um, you know, and you made a great point um, when I was on my rant. <laughs> you sent me a text message, and you had the point you make is that that great quarterbacks raise the level of play of players around them. Right. I mean, Tom Brady was a master at that. I mean, he made careers for some guys in some cases where, you know, maybe they didn't maybe they weren't the most talented. But Tom Brady found a way to get the best out of guys. Mac Jones has not shown the ability to do that. No, and I that's that's my whole point. And 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 I get it from the Boston media guys on on Twitter and they say, uh, well, finding a great quarterback is a dime a dozen. You know, there's nobody ever. Well, God forbid we try finding a great quarterback. You know, <laughs> like if your standard of excellence is, oh, we got to get Tua and put a bunch of weapons around him because our quarterback. Like, why wouldn't you want the Justin Herbert, the Josh Allen, right. the, the the Lamar Jackson? Why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you strive for something like that to help your football team when you've seen it for 20 years? Like. That is what you look for. And if you have an opportunity to get it, go get it. Right. Like, and I say, look, Mac Jones, maybe he can maybe he can resurrect this. I don't know. But I, I, at my estimation, if he continues the way he is, like, there's no more discussion. Let's go. Let's get the next one in the draft. And it stinks to have to do that again. But you put yourself in this hole and you just miss. And you take another shot. Um. You know, you you say that the Patriots are better than the Saints and they're better than the Raiders, and and I think if you're going with on paper, like if everybody was healthy, yeah, they probably are. But Dan, with all the injuries that they have to the offensive line, it's they're, they're maybe getting. I guess Reef might be coming back. They might be getting a little bit, but there's the offensive line is not a hundred percent. Pretty soon, pretty soon, you're going to be playing defensive back for this team. It was so bad they had to go yeah. back out and get J.C. Jackson again. So I'm not sure with who they're going to put on the field that they are better. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it when we when we talk about with the Saints. But I think that the loss of Judon and Gonzalez is the big two killers in the room here. I'm not, I'm not too like overtly you know, upset about the offensive line is the offensive line. Like at the end of the day, those are the guys that are playing, right? right. They're, they're relatively healthy at that spot. But you know, with, with Gonzalez and Judon out, those are big blows. And I think the Gonzalez one is much more damaging than the, because Judon as great of a player as he is, the Patriots just do stunts and games at the defensive line. And they have a ton of depth at that position. Right. They, they, they have a lot of guys there Right. at corner. You're a hundred percent right. Where are we got to keep up with the Joneses? I mean, we need these Joneses to come <laughs> yeah, on. Come I mean, on, huh, right? We need Jonathan and Jack and Mark. Yep. We need all these guys to come back. Jonathan's got a chance to play this week, thank God. Uh, otherwise, they're throwing Miles Bryant and Sean Wade out there, right? And, and we know how that goes, you know. So I agree with you, but oh my gosh, these Saints' offense is terrible. I mean, it, it's you want to talk? I mean, we we talk about we talk about the the Patriots' offense being terrible. I mean. The, the Saints, I, I legitimately think the Saints are worse. Yeah. I really do. Like, they have been awful okay. offensively. And the Raiders, I, I haven't been much better, I'll say that. Like, they've been stuck in neutral and McDaniels, and I think that'll be a, I actually think that'll be a harder game for them because of the coaching uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I do think they should win these next two games. 
if they do not win both of these games, Gene, the season is effectively over. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, there's just there's no coming back from that. I mean, we I, I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, one and three. Well, we expected them to be there. I didn't, but right. we expected <laughs> them to be there yeah. at one and three. Right. Well, nobody nobody panic. Nobody panic. But you also expected them to go eight and nine and seven and ten. Like, right. How how are we not supposed to feel? you know, upset at this at this point in the season. I don't know. All right, let's look at some of last week's games. And uh, look, um, you I mean, you you thought Buffalo would win that game. Did you think it would be as big of a beatdown as it was? I mean, talk about uh, plummeting back down to earth in a hurry. Uh, that, that Miami uh, uh, game was a shocker to me. I thought it would be high scoring, but I thought it would be a touchdown either way. Did not expect uh, Josh Allen to go off the way he did. Uh, nobody's playing better right now at no. quarterback. No. I mean, he's he's playing outstanding. Yeah, I mean, it's super super talented as we know, and and he just let the game come to him, and that was the difference. And I think the one thing that was impressive to me, the Bills actually were able to get to Tua. Yes, I mean that that was so key. That's how you have to beat this team. You cannot let Tua just one read react. I mean. You have to find a way to get some quick pressure on this dude. And I thought the Bills did the best best job so far of being able to do that without sacrificing the run too much. They were able to get some turnovers as well. I mean, that was a great performance, a great performance. And that's why I had the Bills as my number one rated team, you know, because I thought that, you know, with the combination of their offense and the, how good their defense is playing, I mean, Miami's defense, let's, let's call it what it is. It's a sieve. Right, I mean, total, like they brought in Vic Fangio, I thought they would be a ton better, and they are not. They are, they're pretty much the same team that they are. And granted, that might be enough to get them to the playoffs. I don't know if it gets them enough to even win a playoff game at this point. Um, so I, I'll, I'll, we'll see how it goes later on. But Miami, I think, is is going to have to do some serious soul searching defensively. I, I think that you have to. Uh, I mean. At the end of the day, I mean, Josh Allen was great, but I think you have to also, you know, take your hats off to the secondary, although some of that was because of the, the pressure of the front seven, but the fact that they didn't let either uh, Waddle or uh, uh, Tyreek Hill go off in this game. They did. I mean, Tyreek Hill was held to three catches. I mean, you know, that's uh, – yeah. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, you could – again, no matter what Josh Allen did, I think this one is was won by the defense. Oh, I 100% agree, and that's the formula, right? You got to hold Hill down as much as you can because you know that the speed is the speed everywhere else. But his explosiveness is what's scary. So, those did a great job, and they deserved it. Um, when I saw your uh, your your strength ratings, your power rankings this week, I made a comment to you online that uh, you must have held your nose. Uh, having to pick the Chargers <laughs> as high as you did. Uh, and, yeah. you know, look, t- to me, you know, look, the Chargers won this game. Were they uh, – did did they dominate this game? No. I mean, I didn't think they did. I mean, again, this was another one where they damn near let it get away. Um, but but you made a comment in to me that <laughs> – their defensive metrics are a lot better than most people think, and I was actually very surprised to hear that. Well, you know, their defensive metrics are better than most people think because they're not terrible anymore. <laughs> you know, like they were, right. They're really just kind of average defensively now right. as a team. Uh, and, and and to me, I think, I think they've done a lot better job at kind of just playing as a unit 
instead of kind of playing individually. Like right. Khalil Mack. I mean, yeah. you get a guy like that, but that comes from a lot of – obviously he's a good player, but that comes a lot from, you know, other guys doing their job. You know, other guys are creating interior pressure. Uh, and then mix matching that with the secondary. They did dominate this game for the first half. I right. mean, it was it was a joke. Right. And the Raiders were a complete joke. And you have to factor in strength of schedule, sure. But even that, like, um, you know, I thought the Chargers really played, you know, Herbert's, uh, Herbert's been fantastic, even right. without Mike Williams. he's He's been fantastic. And they don't even have Eckler right now. Right. I mean, they're going to go on the bye this week. It's going to be actually kind of nice to get Austin Eckler back, and their offense could be even better than, than what it already is and more balanced. So I do like this Charger offense, obviously, as it, as it continues to get better and better. If their defense can step up a little more, uh, they could go somewhere. But as you tend to see, they tend to just do dumb things in right. the second half of games. And, you know, it's the same old song and dance, and, until it changes, you know, I, I mean, they're, they're probably a middling team right now uh, with the potential to be really good unless their head coach screws it up. So, Khalil Mack had a day that uh, a lot of guys would like to have a season like that, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> six sacks in one game? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's nuts. I mean, it was – he was I mean, like a, at some point, how are you not? How are you not double? Well, double exactly. Giving? I mean, make, what are you? What are you doing? Yeah, make somebody else you know? beat you, right? Yeah, like like chip Josh Jacobs on him, chip a tight end. You got a fullback now, like chip him out there, use him as a wing, something. I mean, McDaniel's. Uh, I'm just stunned at at the the impossibility of how the Raiders <laughs> Raiders continue to just baffle me with with the, they have so much talent. They have that talent on offense. With, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, and they still can't do anything. It's like it's like unbelievable. Yeah, a lot of rumblings going on out in Vegas already to the point where the owner had to step in this week and say, I'm not firing my head coach. But there's already calls about that and people speculating that it, that could be a problem. I'll talk to him in December and see how he feels about <laughs> it then. I'll tell you that. Uh, speaking of problems. What in the devil is going on in Pittsburgh? And Mike Tomlin, who has never had a losing season in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. is uh, in th- this team is in dire straits right now. I mean, Pickett getting hurt doesn't help, but you know it wasn't like Kenny Pickett was playing lights out before he got hurt. So, uh, what is the what? What's the problem in Pittsburgh? Offensive coordinator. You think that's I the, mean, that's the, the bottom line? It's the most it's. It's the most predictable offense you can see. Shotgun, they're going to throw it. Under center, they're going to run it. I mean, they tried to mix it up a little bit this week, and they did a little bit better job of running the football, but they also just can't block. Yeah. I mean, their blocking scheme is horrendous. I mean, Pickett, Pickett was under pressure all day, and, and you know, we already know like he's got that young quarterback, skittish, happy feet thing going that we see from a lot of young quarterbacks when they get under pressure. Like, they can't rely – on T.J. Watt to score touchdowns every day. <laughs> right. You know, it's just not possible. You know, I mean, you maybe you can put him at tight end or something, and then you maybe we can rely on him. I don't know. But, uh, you know, at, at this point in the season, you know, you're just wearing your defense down. And it's going to, as those months go on, November, December comes around, you're just going to put too much pressure on him, and you're going to get carved up by a rookie quarterback. I yeah. mean, are we kidding me? So yeah, I, it's a it's a mess, and it's a predictable offense that you can see Matt Canada. It, it just you know 
what what's that what's that old uh, old adage that uh, you know the the secret to the secret to insanity is doing everything the same way over yeah. and over again, Expecting, and hoping it changes. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's know? not going to happen. Yeah. Um, well, right. Now, now they asked Mike Tomlin this week, and he's he's talked about you know making some changes, and of course everybody wants to know, well, are you, are, are you going to change the play calling? And he goes, at this juncture, no. Okay, so when does that juncture change? If they lose to Baltimore this week, is that the is that the end of the road for Matt Canada? I, I don't know. And look, Tomlin is a great coach. I think. He is a great evaluator of his team and his team's mood and how to get the most out of his players. There's no question about that. But, you know, toughness uh, can only take you so far yep. when, you know, you're not using, you're not, you're not maximizing people's talents. You've got great receivers. You've got a really good athletic running back and a nice complimentary back uh, with you on your offense. And, and, you know, it's not the talent problem. It's a scheme problem. Right. So there's only one guy fixing the scheme. And, that, and, and you know, if Matt Canada isn't gone, um, you know, Mike Tomlin's going to keep hearing about it until he ships it up to his namesake up north. I mean, that's what we're going to have to do, you know. I mean, what, what, else, can you, what else can you say but, but the offensive coordinator's to blame here. Um, at the same time, and you may mention this last week about how well this kid's been playing, you can't take anything away, no matter you know the problems with Pittsburgh aside. Uh, C.J. Stroud continues to play very, very well. Yeah, so far, I mean, four games in, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of dead wrong on this kid. I mean, I did not think that he was the one that was going to be the one coming out of the pack. I really thought Bryce Young would be a lot better. But Stroud, look, Stroud's been calm, cool. Uh, you know, he, he uses legs a lot last week and that that you know his decision making again we come back to decision making uh has been spot on he's he's not being risky with the ball although he's making some really nice throws down the field uh him and anthony richardson for that matter are doing that so right uh, i think stroud stroud is off to a great start and you know you hope as a texans fan you haven't had a lot of hope in a while <laughs> and this, this kid might be it yeah uh let's get to uh let's get to the game in the meadowlands the uh the Jets and uh, the Chiefs. We've, you know, remember the uh, the old NFL. You know, the, they had the Heidi game. Uh, I guess the sure. I guess the Jets and the Chiefs uh, was the the Taylor game uh, of the week. Yeah. And I mean, even even Travis Kelsey is saying now, hey, the NFL's overdoing it a little bit with this whole Taylor Swift coverage. I mean, I, I, the the count I had, by the way, was seventeen times during that game last week. They cut to Taylor Swift. 17 times during the game they cut to Taylor Swift. Uh, and it, and by the way, what's really fun is it's all of a sudden it's like the Swifties now feel like they've invented football. It's just, <laughs> it's just yes. It's, yes, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift came way before. Yeah. Way before uh, they were playing in Canton, Ohio and Don Hudson and the Packers oh, and Curly Lambeau and you know, all that stuff way before that. Sure, they and the Taylor Swift football on the map apparently like, yeah yeah is there a more nauseating yeah. nauseating thing i mean no. it's just no it's like i i know that's exactly no. right um it's 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 just like can we give it a rest yeah. you know with this because the nfl the, and, and look the nfl is not going to give it a rest because no. you saw the ratings numbers i oh, mean Lord. they're yeah on insane they said what they're is the highest highest rated game. game since like a like like since the since the super bowl Right, I mean, it's the highest like yeah, regular I, I season mean, game, uh, maybe ever. That's nuts. 
What they do, they what they do, like twenty seven million, twenty six million, something people? like that. I mean, that's yeah, huge. And of course, her new movie's got to be the first commercial we see. So, you know, it, it seems to me like <laughs> seems to me like somebody's greasing the poles on somewhere. Uh, but you know, as far as the game goes, I mean, Gene, I don't want to overstate this, but. Zach Wilson was the best quarterback on that. Yeah, field. Patrick Mahomes was awful. I mean, you know, we talked about some decisions that Mac Jones made that were bad. The ones Pat, the, the interceptions that Patrick Mahomes made were equally as bad. You know, if it wasn't for Isaiah Pacheco, they're dead. Opinion, yeah, they're dead in the water. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they really they could and and maybe a little a little uh, phantom tug that the ref saw. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, outside oh. of that. But, you know, the Chiefs were in trouble in that game. And they were up 17 nothing. I mean, they were in complete control. Yep. And all of a sudden, just a a switch flip yeah. for Zach Wilson. And he's just started playing uh, maybe his best game. Now, I think the game, if you go by the numbers, the game was a little bit inflated in terms of like, oh, he played out, out of his mind. It was – he played okay. It was, yeah, it was sorry. Uh, yeah. But he – but he had a great game considering what he had done the week before. Right. I mean, it was it was night and day. So, you know, I think the Jets will look at that and say, all right, we can build on that. Aaron Rodgers is now back in the building. You wonder how much confidence that's that's going to give Zach Wilson and just die in his ear like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I wonder. I do wonder. And, you know, if, if he can at least not turn the ball over, that's where we got to start. Right. Just don't turn the ball over. Like, let's get back to basics. Maybe they can make some noise. Who knows? You know, it's stay in a lot of games and maybe win a few more than we thought. Who knows? Well, I, I suppose anything is possible. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> the, the, uh, the Rams did their best to try to give one away last week. And, uh, you know, you get up 23 to nothing. You figure that game is all, all done but the shouting. But Anthony Richardson said not so fast. And, look, you look at Richardson's final numbers – and, yeah, he didn't turn the ball over, but, you know, I mean, his, you know, completion percentage, not very good. But, he, you know, he made some big plays in the second half of that game. Uh, he made some throws that yeah. were tough yep. throws to make. I mean, he was throwing balls right down the seam between defenders. And, you know, it, 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 it I'd rather be lucky than good, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> he has I mean, he has a rocket, doesn't he? he I does. mean, he just, he's yeah. got a rocket for an arm. And, and his legs just make him so dangerous. I thought the Rams – uh, for some reason, like started chasing the game, kind of you know, like like they they almost were holding the game too tight, and and trying to just put it away. And and Richardson just kind of kept coming back. But that kid Puka Nakua, man, I mean, really I've good. never seen yeah. anything like this. Yeah. I've never the kid's on pace for two hundred and twenty targets. Yep. I mean, that is that's like uh, insane. Yeah. So you know, I, he's been he's been a godsend that team and they really found a diamond in the rough and if they can get cooper cup back this week i mean all of a sudden the rams offense looks mighty fine hey i mean that's uh you know that's a that's a hell of a one-two punch that most teams don't have so uh you know hell the patriots would love to have that kind of a one-two punch huh? i was gonna say <laughs> i can think of a team that would yeah. like that um, let's uh, let's get to a game kind of near and dear to uh, to your household, and that is the Eagles' performance last week against yeah. the Washington Commanders. This Eagle defense gave up thirty one points to the Washington Commanders. Tell me how the hell that happens. Yeah, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Where is that <laughs> Eagles' defense? Yes, you know, I mean, 
I, I, I haven't seen it all year. I mean, where's it been? I mean, we, we look back to the first game of the season and yeah, the Patriots didn't score a lot of points, but Mac Jones moved the football on them. And right. the Vikings put up a ton of numbers on them. And, you know, it's not for a couple of drop Mike Evans balls. The Bucks did pretty good yep. uh, against them. And and now you get Sam Howell from for 300 yards practically. Right. Uh, and was it, they were four for five in the red zone. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that secondary super banged up, but, you know, I also, I mean, they're getting a lot of pressure. They're just not getting to the quarterback. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think, I think the, that Jalen Carter has been a beast. Sure. But like, you know, teams getting the ball out, you can't run on Philadelphia. Philadelphia's run defense is really good, but that secondary man, they, they got some problems back there and they're going to have to adjust that. I think their coaching too has not been up to par as to what it was last year. I, I think, and you could see it. I mean, the job that Steichen is doing in Indianapolis, I think, I think that reflects on the Eagles losing something like that. And even Jonathan Gannon, the Cardinals are playing well. Yes. I mean, the Cardinals are playing well for what they have. So, you know, I, I, you look at some of that, and I do wonder. It's like, man, they took they took maybe a couple, maybe a half a step or a full step backwards. Obviously, that's still really good for the Eagles. They just have a lot of talent. They still haven't really played a, a, a lot of tough opponents, though. Like you know, they're not really playing a tough schedule here either. So they still got some things to kink to work out the kinks for, and I think they will. But right now, it, it's a little shaky on the back end. Well, you know, and it, you know, like I said, what, what's wrong with the Eagles? They're four and zero, and I and I get it. I mean, their schedule has been been you know fairly soft early, but we're gonna find out real quick this week. I guess how good they really are. I mean, this is their first. This is probably this is going to be their biggest test of the season, having to play the Rams this week. So I guess we'll find out because uh, we know the Rams are going to want to sling that ball around. So we'll uh, we'll have to see how they do. But you know, I, I would say, yeah, I would say they're a thin four and zero. That's what I would. Yeah, say. you know, but overall, when you look at their schedule, Dan, their schedule is kind of soft for a team that did as well as they did last year. If you look at their schedule, it it, it doesn't. It's not. The, the toughest schedule outside of have, you know having to play the Cowboys twice and you got Kansas City and San Francisco, but their out of conference schedule and their out of division schedule is pretty soft. Pretty soft. I yeah, mean, no, yeah, there's no question about. It. I mean, they have to play. They have to play Buffalo, right? Uh, you know, and they're going to have to play Miami. So Which, you know, yeah. they'll they'll have some they'll have some teams you know that they'll go up against. But they still get to play. They with, get you know. they still get to play the Giants twice. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I mean, when you put it in that context, yeah. Um, uh, Baker Mayfield, a nice bounce back game last week. Tampa hadn't looked very good the week before. And, and I know that a lot of this is because New Orleans offense just struggled. I was actually surprised to see Derek Carr play last week. I guess that tells you the state yeah. of this team with Derek Carr's got a bad shoulder and he's playing anyway, just because, but, and you could tell he couldn't throw the ball. He threw the ball 37 times, completed 23. He only had 127 yards cause he couldn't throw the ball down the field. I mean, it wasn't as bad as uh, Brock Purdy in the playoff game last year with the uh, with the elbow, but it was damn close. Yeah. Did you see the stat line for Alvin Kamara? Had yeah, thirteen catches for thirty three yards. Yeah, how about that? I mean, is that, <laughs> if you want to talk about a check down Charlie, I yeah. mean, that's the one. Right. You know, your car's not moving. Your yeah. car's stuck in neutral. <laughs> if you're doing that, so you know, and one of those catches was for ten yards. Yeah. So he really had like twelve catches for twenty two yards. It was like unbelievable. 
So, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'm not sure the decision making there and maybe his shoulder is messed up. You know, that's why we still don't know about Derek Carr this weekend, but, but credit Baker, I mean, they, they weren't great, but they were, that defense continues to play well. You know, the Tampa defense still, like we talked about, they still have talent on that team and that talent's going to get used, even though, you know, they might be, you know, six months from breaking everything up and kind of tearing it down and restarting. They still have the remnants of a Super Bowl caliber roster. So, you know, let's not, let's not pretend that. So, that defense, uh, especially the guys in the middle, like White and Vita Vea and right. those two type of guys. I mean, they 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 know how to play football. They're they're playing well. All right, let's uh, let's get to this week's games and uh, see what Dan has to say. You're sixteen and twelve. That seven and zero week got you under. You were under five hundred bar to there. So you're sixteen and twelve on the season. So let's uh, let's start off and see what you got for us this week. Um, let's start at in the, at Indianapolis, and uh, this should be a tight one. The uh, Titans. Uh, are a one-point favorite on the road at Indianapolis. What a game, huh? I yeah. mean, this is this is real tight, and and you're starting to see this line even move up to to the two realm. Uh, so, you know, and, and it's interesting, you know, Indianapolis second game at second game in a row uh, at home. So they take the Rams to overtime. They might be a little they might be a little you know weathered from that, but I think they they thought that they played really well, and I think Tennessee. I mean. Tennessee had a, did a great job of defending the Cincinnati uh, receivers down the field. I mean, mm-hmm. once again, Burrow just couldn't complete a pass down there, and they got after, they got after uh, that, that Cincinnati offensive line. I think the Colts' defense has been slept on uh, a lot this this year. I think they've been playing a lot better defensively. It didn't necessarily show in those first couple quarters against Stafford, but that they've been getting after the quarterback, and I think they might be able to do it here. I I, I kind of like the Colts this week, to kind of a buy low and sell high on the Titans situation. Uh, and the Colts, I think they'll sneak one out because I think Richardson is going to make some plays with his legs. Uh, is going to force the Titans to defend the pass longer. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where they'll get into trouble. So I, I'm going to take the Colts here. Okay. Um, another game, interesting. And, and again, this one, we don't know. I don't think we know yet what Kenny Pickett's situation is for this week, do we? Um, but th- I do not think he's going to play. I think okay. it's going to be Mitch. Well, then, then that might make this pick a whole hell of a lot easier. Baltimore is at Pittsburgh, and Baltimore is a four-point favorite. Without Kenny Pickett, um, it's going to have to be run the ball all day and hope you can run on this Baltimore defense. Well, I mean, was Kenny Pickett playing any? Was Kenny Pickett playing well? No, well, I mean, no, no. To me, that's to fair. me, I think. To me, I think it's actually probably beneficial to the Steelers. I mean, at least Mitch Trubisky's going to, you know, kind of stay within the system. Uh, I think he'll do that and and be able to maybe make the you know, process a little quicker. But this Ravens defense is playing outstanding. I mm-hmm. mean, Roquan Smith has been just a workhorse for them in the middle and you know they've found more guys i mean it's every year they just recycle dudes on the defensive line and and they come to play it's and it's incredible what they do so i really like them and i think lamar's played great i mean lamar's lamar has been uh, you know the designed runs for lamar have been much more effective this year uh they've put him out of harm's way and i think and i think uh i think mark andrews getting more involved as well I actually think this game could be close. This is usually a spot where the Steelers kind of rally, but I don't think they win this game. I do think the Ravens end up winning, and the Ravens all of a sudden we got to maybe, maybe, maybe kind of quietly slept on 
would be four and one. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think people would really, really acknowledge that yet. I think the Ravens are probably, I think the Ravens are probably one of the best teams in the AFC. They're, they're probably playing better than anybody outside of Buffalo, you know, mm-hmm. in the AFC, okay. in my opinion. So I, I like the Ravens right now. All right. Um, all right. Well, let's get to, uh, uh, New Orleans and uh, at the Patriots, New Orleans is actually a one-point favorite. I got to be honest. The other thing is, is you know the over/under, the Baltimore over/under is smaller at thirty-eight and a half than the over/under is with New Orleans and New England. I, I, I could see this New Orleans New England game being a thirteen to ten or fourteen to ten final. I know it's unbelievable, but you know you got to remember these Steelers Ravens games. They usually are under forty, you know, type deal. Right. So. It's it's usually black and blue, but I agree with you. I think the Saints and Patriots will go under too. I th- I love that under. Uh, actually, plus the, there's going to be a lot of wind in both stadiums mm-hmm. this weekend, so yep. uh, you watch out for that with the kickers and stuff. But uh, I I think I think the thing about this game is, look, both of these offenses stink. The Ravens, <laughs> I'm sorry, the Saints and and the Patriots. Right. Uh, I think both of the defenses are average to slightly above average. You know, I, I, at least to where they've played at this point. So they're very, very similar teams. Okay. Here's the difference. The Patriots have played the second hardest schedule in football, and the Saints have played the fourth easiest. Right. So I, I think if you're judging it on that, and you're judging, you're basically playing a neutral team uh, that has played a lot easier schedule than you have, I think the Patriots rally this week. I really do. I think I think that this is a game in which they win these type of games. Mac Jones has not been able to beat the the good teams, but he has been able to beat the bad teams. And I, I don't know if New Orleans is a bad team. They seem like kind of a middling team to me, but I certainly wouldn't categorize them as a good team. So I, I'm going to take the Patriots to rally the troops, get a win at home, and uh, it might be close. It might be it might be kind of just like. I mean, if you look at the look at the game, the only similar opponent that they've played that are like the Saints are the Jets, and right. that was a slugfest, right. you know. And, but that was in a rainstorm in New York. Yeah. So I think this one where it'll be sunny, yeah, it'll be windy, but they'll be at home. I think the Patriots will rally and they'll win this game. Okay. Uh, well, we made mention of this one just a minute ago, and uh, to find out how good the Eagles really are and that defense really is. They are on the road at the Rams, and they are a a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Vegas thinks this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. What do you think? I I think that there's potential, no question. I think the one issue for the Rams is going to be the blocking up front. I mean, the Rams' offensive line uh, has had some injuries, although I think that they've actually been underrated. They're eighth in the league in pressure rate allowed. Uh, as an offensive line, so I, I think that I think that you know as much as pressure as the Eagles do create, uh, I do think Stafford's going to be able to dink and dunk here, and especially if they get Cooper Cup back, I mean th- this could be really fun actually the game to watch because the Eagles' offense has been you know for everything the Eagles' defense hasn't been the Eagles' offense has been I mean they they've been right there they can run it they can throw right. AJ Brown's been an animal the last couple of weeks. Uh, Hurts definitely is not playing to the level he was last year. I can give him that, but he had a nice performance in in this last game against Washington, probably his best game of the year, and maybe that's one that they needed to win. 
But I'm on upset of the week. It's upset of the week time. I'm taking the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win this game and, and send the Eagles their first loss back to Philadelphia. I think the Rams will be able to throw it all over the yard. And I think Aaron Donald's going to have to step up in this game. I think he will. I really do. I think it's going to be a great matchup in the middle watching Kelsey go up against Aaron Donald. If you're going to watch one matchup this week in terms of player on player, I mean, that's the one you want to watch. And I think that he might be able to get after Hurts a little. So I'm going to take the Rams, get a couple of bounces their way, and, and, and win at home against the Eagles. All right. Um, we uh, we didn't really talk about this earlier, we, and we were talking about you know what's going on, what's wrong with Pittsburgh, but you know we're still talking about what is going on in Cincinnati and the play of Joe mm. Bur- of Joe Burrow, and now Cincinnati is actually favored this week, and they they probably should be, but the way this Arizona team has been playing, Cincinnati on the road is a three point favorite, and. And with the way Arizona's been playing and the way that Joe Burrow's been playing on the other side, I'm not so sure this is a, a sure thing here. I, I don't understand this line at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand the market. Is, are they not watching the games? <laughs> I mean, Cincinnati is the worst offense maybe in the league right now. I mean, they, they are, in by every statistical metric you can think of, Cincinnati is bottom three in almost everything. Right. Completion percentage, yards per attempt, passer rating. I mean, you name it, they're there. Um, and, and one of the things that they really can't do well is they don't defend the run. I think they're 30th in, in, in opponents rushing yards per game. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing Arizona does really well. And they don't just do it and then they're just running out of eye formation. They're running the ball out of the spread RPO action. They're putting Hollywood Brown and Rondale Moore in the backfield. They got this young receiver from Stanford, Michael Wilson, had a day against the Niners. I mean, they moved the ball on the, on the Niners' defense. They, right. they were able to do it, and they scored a little bit. Obviously, you know, McCaffrey, is dealing with him is an absolute nightmare, and IU had a great game. But, you know, the Cardinals, in my opinion, should be favored in this game. I don't understand this at all. So I, I'm going to take the Cardinals to win. I'm not even calling it an upset. I think the Cardinals should win this game. If if there was a game, though, I would say if there was a game for their offense of the of the Bengals to get right, it's this game because the Cardinals are not very good on defense. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure they have enough traction. They lost T. Higgins here, right? So I, I don't I don't know. I, I I really am starting to question whether Burrow is even healthy at all, and if he needs to play, I'm going to take the Cardinals to win. Uh, the game of the week, I think, probably the the. <laughs> the potential to be the most entertaining game of the week and potentially maybe a preview of the NFC championship game. Uh, the Dallas mm. Cowboys at San Francisco and the Niners are a three and a half point favorite. Yeah, this game's tough, right? I mean, yeah. uh, to me, in my opinion, you've got, you've got the top two defenses in the league. It, it, you know, that's where I would have both of these teams at. And you've got, you know, San Francisco is just a juggernaut right now offensively. I think San Francisco, by my eye test, would be my, the number one team that, that I've seen play this year. Agreed. I mean, they've been yep. efficient on offense. Purdy has been excellent in his decision-making. He's had some downfield throws. Ayuk gets open like it's nobody's business. They didn't even they didn't complete a ball to Debo Samuel last week. Yeah, about that. Yeah. And and they just scored with ease. Right. McCaffrey McCaffrey's playing at MVP levels. Yep. Uh Kittle, Kittle we thought might, you know, regress and getting older, but he's been stunning. I mean, they they've just been everywhere. 
And with Dallas, I think uh, I think Dallas probably has the you know they have the horses to keep up with them. No question. I think what we saw obviously last week speaks to that. And they, they've gotten a lot of plays from their defense and their special teams. I mean, they, they they've been able to do it in kind of all three phases. And McCarthy's kind of been that kind of guy this year that he he's calling the offense now and he's the guy that's you know we're going to win it the way we need to win it. We don't have to fly around and do things, you know, and, and throw the ball deep and, and, you know, go crazy with it. We're just going to try to win the game in the way the game needs to be won. And, and that is a maturity. I think that the Cowboys haven't had in a while. Uh, my question is, is Parsons fully healthy? I mean, that's going to change the game. If, if Micah Parsons isn't a hundred percent ready to go. So yep. you would, you would hope that he gets healthy there at the end of the day, though, I just think the 49ers are just a little bit better, just a little bit better than the Cowboys. I don't know if they cover the number, but I do think the 49ers are going to win this game and, and send the Cowboys home with another L in San Francisco. I, I know it's way too early in his career to get carried away like this, but you know what? If if Brock Purdy continues to do what he's doing and, and he can do this, you know, over a, you know a few years, he's he be he would be one of the greatest stories in the history of the NFL, wouldn't he? Be incredible. I mean, a guy who would, you know, I mean, if he's able to win a Super Bowl, yeah. I mean, know? it just and and there's. I'll tell you what, I would if I was a betting man, and I'm not. That's why I have you on. Um, that's a guy I'd be, you know. That's a team that I'd be willing to lay money down on if if, if I was a, a betting man. And and but Brock Purdy just, I just love watching this guy play because I I it's it's if this was a movie script, people would get the hell out of here with this stuff. You know what I mean? Think about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like it's, uh, it's like uh, what the hell was that movie that uh, that had. Uh, uh, Oh, I'm trying to think, he was playing quarterback. Warren Beatty was playing quarterback for the Rams or something, and it's, you know, it's, it's one of those deals, that's, you know. Well, that's even before my time. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> then again, yeah, everything's before your time, Dan. Uh, but it's very I just, true. but I just, I just love watching this guy play because I just think it's a great story. Uh, what has it? It's Tom Brady esque a little bit, isn't it? A little I bit. Mean, it really is. Yeah, like, you know. Well, wow, I mean, you know. Except that at least, well, Brady was a sixth round pick, right? This kid's yeah. He, this kid. This last kid was the, the la- well, he was the last pick of the draft. That's why. Yeah, it's it's the same kind of. It's just it's unreal. The only thing that would be better, I guess, if he was undrafted. But he was about as close to undrafted as you could get. Um, Seriously. So the last one we got for you this week, and uh, this is a, a one point line uh, Monday night Green Bay at Vegas. Again, I to me. I mean, I know you said you know. Look, Vegas has you know some offensive weapons, et cetera. But I just think. I still think Green Bay should be favored by more than a point here. Yeah, well, Green Bay's on the road, and again, they're, 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 this is a hard one because Green Bay is is banged up still. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, like left tackle is such a concern for them. Bakhtiari being out, it's like the one thing the, Ra- the Raiders have on defense is Max Crosby. And, you know, you, you do worry about him kind of being a little bit of a game wrecker and, you know, I don't think we realize, you know, the Packers are two and two, but one of those wins, one of those wins was a deep comeback against the Saints that, yep. you know, they, they had to come from the depths to win that game. And the other one's against the Bears. So, you mm. know, Good point. I, I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah. in the, okay. the Raiders, the Raiders, for as bad as they've been, you know, the, they've had moments here. I mean, they've lost to the Bills. They got blown out. They got beat by the Chargers in a game that they, they fought. Like they fought to get back in that game. Like give them credit. 
Uh, I like the way they, they at least they, they, they tried to win that game and almost did. Um, and, and they did it with a rookie quarterback. So I don't know is, if Garoppolo, I assume Garoppolo is going to be back for this game. I think the Raiders needed some time off to kind of, you know, reset. And this really is their last stand. This really is going to be their last stand here. If not, it, it's going to be a bumpy road the rest of the year. So I think the Raiders rally. I, I'm going to take the Raiders to to win this game at home oh, wow. on okay. Monday night. Wow. You took, uh, of the seven games I gave you, you took five dogs. Hey, I mean, I took a lot of favorites last week. I feel like I did, and I kind of went a little chalky, but, you know, it ended up working out. <laughs> uh, the favorites were outstanding, by the way, last week. The favorites were 10-5-1 against the spread last week. So it's it's uh, it, it might be some regression to the mean, I think, this week. A couple of uh, college things before we uh, let you go. Um, sure. A lot of good college this weekend. Yeah, there is. And I'll tell you what, and I, I remember you and I talking before the season started, and I told you, I didn't think I didn't think Georgia was going to win the SEC this year, and I still mm. I still contend that they may not. I mean, they struggled to beat Auburn last week. They're five and zero, oh, yes, but they, they have did. but they have been an underwhelming five and zero. Oh. I mean, if if you could call something a, a week five and zero, oh, that would be them. Yeah, I mean, and and Auburn was doing that with two quarterbacks. Yes, I mean, if you watch that game. You had Thorne come in, and Thorne played the best game he's played. I mean, Auburn hasn't been great, uh, but Thorne played the best game he's played all year. And uh, Bowers, uh, up until the fourth quarter, I thought Bowers really actually missed a lot of throws. He had some drops, uh, you know, and some some catches that I felt like he he didn't like put in full effort. But then the fourth quarter, he just went crazy. And I, you know, I, I think Georgia's got the, the. It's a great job for them to go into a hostile environment, and not play well. Right. And <laughs> excuse me, uh, and, and win. So, to me, I think uh, I think Georgia, they have, the, and I also don't think they have the greatest defense like they did last year right. uh, and the year before. I think their defense is certainly taking a step back. To me, Gene, I think the best team in the country so far that at least has won some games, because I don't want to say Michigan, because yeah. Michigan's played great, but they, they haven't played anybody. Their schedule's the been so team, soft, yeah. Yeah, their schedule's terrible. If Texas yep. wins this weekend against Oklahoma, yep. I mean, they have three top 25 wins. I agree. And, and yeah. a win in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. I mean, how do you how do you tell me that they're not the number one team in the country with that kind of a resume? Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, and I, and I, think, I think that uh, I think Ohio State's pretty good, too. Um, but I think I think Texas has been the most impressive, and you know what? And I love th- that Oregon team. I love watching them. Yeah. I, I think they they They're are great. They are so entertaining to watch. What do you make of uh, of that that Colorado USC game last week? I mean, d- d- should should Colorado fans be uh, be encouraged that they came back in that game, or was that just a case of SC? Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean. You know, SC had that game well in hand, and Colorado really kind of took it to them late in that game. I mean, SC, you're right. I mean, that you can't get blown out two weeks in a row. Right. You know, and they fought back, and, and you know, I think it showed a lot of their character. I really did. I think that's part of Like, Colorado, they're not just going to beat every team coming in because Dion's here. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to win every game this year. Like, they went up against the Heisman Trophy winner, yeah. the number one overall pick. And they got smacked around, but they punched right back, and especially Shador Sanders, missing two of their best players. Right. So, 
I, you know, to me, I thought that was great with Colorado. I think, I think that whole Pac-12 is so entertaining, uh, and we'll see a lot going forward this week. But you know, I think Colorado's fine. I just, you know, it's not, it's not there for them this year. But uh, you know, I think the future is bright. Obviously, in Boulder, you talked about the best team might be Texas. I'll tell you, the, I'll tell you the team that has disappointed me the most. The shocker of the week for me last week was watching LSU get beat by Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think, thought I think that was that was. I mean, what happened to the SEC? I thought this used to be a defensive league, right? I mean, I really yeah. did. Like, now it's all of a sudden the what, Pac-12. Yeah, now it's the Pac-12. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that was terrible. Yeah. I mean, that was that was awful. And you know, give Jackson Dart a lot of credit and Ole Miss, but it's fun this year, man. There's a lot of good teams. I think uh, you know, Florida State's another team we haven't talked about. That, yep. that they're they got a lot of good wins under there. I think Notre Dame. You know, even though they lost to Ohio State, if they can win this game this week, you know, and then go to go to USC and, and win that game next week, I mean, Notre Dame's got as good of a shot as anybody at getting to the college football playoff. And I, I, with that offensive line and their quarterbacks playing well, you know, I, they could absolutely get there if a couple teams stumble. So, you know, I, this is a very entertaining because I think everywhere around the country you see a lot of undefeated teams um, and teams you didn't really expect. Yep. And I think it's 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 this is kind of like the changing of the guard in college football with Clemson and Alabama kind of being down a little bit. You're seeing some new teams rise up. Yeah, I I I, you, I think you're right. I mean, I've I have found that the college college football has been more compelling to me this year because to me it seems more wide open than it has been mm. in a lot of years. I mean, a lot of times you go into the regular season, you you know, into the season, you pretty much know the three or four teams that are going to be there, right, at the end of the year. I'm not sure we know, we, we have any idea right now. There are so many teams that are that are playing well. I'm not sure, you know, if we know who the who the best four teams are. I mean, the, the top the AP top it's, 25 it's, is, you know, doesn't mean a lot right now. No, no, it doesn't. But I know we have Michigan and Ohio State. The winner of that game, we know right. it's probably going. Right. Outside of that, I mean, Georgia is great, but you know, they're vulnerable. Well, they're, and, and they're Texas, playing, and they're playing Kentucky this week. I, I'm going to be very, very yeah, curious it's a to tough see. Game. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be very, very curious to see how they play Kentucky this week. I am too. I am too. They got to respond, but I mean, Texas and Florida State and Oregon to me are the, are the next next team's up and then I like Notre Dame a lot too so you know there's there's a lot of wide open spaces and we're only barely halfway through the year so it's going to be very exciting and and how about those Liberty Flames are undefeated uh, 4-0 too, huh so yeah and yeah, and, and they got a too. and they got a tough one this week I think they're like a, a 100, yeah. 112 point favorite against Sam Houston State this week <laughs> I don't we're, know we're gonna be we're hopefully be nice to Sam Houston State this week <laughs> Don't be too mean to them this week. That's all I'll say. Dan, thanks for a few minutes this morning. Really appreciate it, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right, Gene. Take it easy. God bless. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Tuesday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We are going to take Columbus Day off, so we'll be back on Tuesday. Hope you enjoy the start of the baseball division series this weekend. Of course, NFL football all day on Sunday. We leave you this morning with some music from Jimmy Buffett. It's from his uh, latest album, his last album. Uh, it's actually it hasn't been completely released yet, but they have, a released, they have released a few songs from it, and uh, uh, this one's very apropos. This is called Bubbles Up. We'll see you on Tuesday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.